Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, June 14th. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse? Truly, Yeshua, the Aleph Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you were reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Aleph Tav, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Aleph Tav. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, Doorway to the Aleph Tav. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Aleph Tav, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shalak Leka, and it means, send for yourself. Numbers 14, 16-30 It must be because Hashem was powerless to bring that people into the land he had promised them on oath that he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Therefore, I pray, let my Lord's forbearance be great, as you have declared, saying, Hashem, slow to anger and abounding in kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression, yet not remitting all punishment, but visiting the iniquity of fathers upon children, upon the third and fourth generations. Pardon, I pray, the iniquity of this people according to your great kindness, as you have forgiven this people ever since Egypt. And Hashem said, I pardon as you have asked. Nevertheless, as I live and as Hashem's presence fills the whole world, none of the men who have seen my presence and the signs that I have performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and who have tried me these many times and have disobeyed me, shall see the land that I promised on oath to their fathers. None of those who spurn me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he was imbued with a different spirit and remained loyal to me, him 
will I bring into the land that he entered, and his offspring shall hold it as a possession. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites occupy the valleys. Start out then tomorrow and march into the wilderness by way of the Sea of Reeds. Hashem spoke further to Moses and Aaron, How much longer shall that wicked community keep muttering against me? Very well, I have heeded the incessant muttering of the Israelites against me. Say to them, As I live, says Hashem, I will do to you just as you have urged me. In this very wilderness shall your carcasses drop. Of all of you who were recorded in your various lists from the age of twenty years up, you who have muttered against me, not one shall enter the land in which I swore to settle you, save Caleb son of Jephunneh and Joshua son of Nun. 1 Kings 12.20-13.34 When all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent messengers and summoned him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. On his return to Jerusalem, Rehoboam mustered all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 picked warriors, to fight against the house of Israel, in order to restore the kingship to Rehoboam son of Solomon. But the word of Hashem came to Shemaiah the man of Hashem, Say to King Rehoboam, son of Solomon of Yehudah, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin and the rest of the people. Thus said Hashem, You shall not set out to make war on your kinsmen, the Israelites. Let every man return to his home, for this thing has been brought about by me. They heeded the word of Hashem and turned back, in accordance with the word of Hashem. Jeroboam fortified Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and recited there, He moved out from there and fortified Penuel. Jeroboam said to himself, Now the kingdom may well return to the house of David. If these people still go up to offer sacrifices at the house of Hashem in Jerusalem, the heart of these people will turn back to their master, King Rehoboam of Yehudah. They will kill me and go back to King Rehoboam of Yehudah. So the king took counsel and made two golden calves. He said to the people, You have been going up to Jerusalem long enough. This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. He set up one in Bethel and placed the other in Dan. That proved to be a cause of guilt for the people went to worship the calf at Bethel and the one at Dan. He also made cult places and appointed Kohanim from the ranks of the people who were not of Levite descent. He stationed at Bethel the Kohanim of the shrines that he had appointed to sacrifice to the calves that he had made. And Jeroboam established a festival on the fifteenth day of the eighth month. In imitation of the festival of Judah, he established one at Bethel and he ascended the altar there. On the fifteenth day of the eighth month, the month in which he had contrived of his own mind to establish a festival for the Israelites, Jeroboam ascended the altar that he had made in Bethel, and as he ascended the altar to present an offering. A man of Hashem arrived at Bethel from Yehudah at the command of Hashem. 
While Jeroboam was standing on the altar to present the offering, the man of Hashem, at the command of Hashem, cried out against the altar. O altar, altar, thus said Hashem, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall slaughter upon you the Kohanim of the shrines who bring offerings upon you, and human bones shall be burned upon you. He gave a portent on that day, saying, Here is the portent that Hashem has decreed. This altar shall break apart, and the ashes on it shall be spilled. When the king heard what the man of Hashem had proclaimed against the altar in Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his arm above the altar and cried, Seize him! But the arm that he stretched out against him became rigid, and he could not draw it back. The altar broke apart, and its ashes were spilled, the very portent that the man of Hashem had announced at Hashem's command. Then the king spoke up and said to the man of Hashem, Please entreat Hashem your God, and pray for me, that I may be able to draw back my arm. The man of Hashem entreated Hashem, and the king was able to draw his arm back. It became as it was before. The king said to the man of Hashem, Come with me to my house and have some refreshment, and I shall give you a gift. But the man of Hashem replied to the king, Even if you give me half your wealth, I will not go in with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so I was commanded by the word of Hashem, You shall eat no bread and drink no water, nor shall you go back by the road which you came. So he left by another road and did not go back by the road on which he had come to Bethel. Now there was an old Navi living in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the things that the man of Hashem had done that day in Bethel, and the words that he had spoken to the king. When they told it to their father, their father said to them, Which road did he leave by? His sons had seen the road taken by the man of Hashem who had come from Yehuda. Saddle the donkey for me, he said to his sons. They saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it, and rode after the man of Hashem. He came upon him sitting under a cherubinth, and said to him, Are you the man of Hashem who came from Yehuda? Yes, I am, he answered. Come home with me, he said, and have something to eat. He replied, I may not go back with you and enter your home, and I may not eat bread or drink water in this place. The order I received by the word of Hashem was, You shall not eat bread or drink water there, nor shall you return by the road on which you came. I am a Navi, too, said the other. And an angel said to me by command of Hashem, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back with him, and he ate bread and drank water in his house. While they were sitting at the table, the Lord, the word of the Hashem came to the Navi who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of Hashem who had come from Yehuda, Thus said Hashem, Because you have flouted the word of Hashem and have not observed what Hashem your God commanded you, but have gone back and eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to me, Do not eat bread or drink water there. Your corpse shall not come to the grave of your fathers. After he had eaten bread and had drunk, he saddled the donkey for him, for the Navi whom he had brought back. He set out, 
And a lion came upon him on the road and killed him. His corpse lay on the road, with the donkey standing beside it, and the lion also standing beside the corpse. Some men who passed by saw the corpse lying on the road and the lion standing beside the corpse. They went and told it in the town where the old Navi lived. And when the Navi who had brought him back from the road heard it, he said, That is the man of Hashem who flouted Hashem's command. Hashem gave him over the lion which mauled him and killed him in accordance with the word that Hashem had spoken to him. He said to his son, Saddle the donkey for me, and they did so. He set out and found the corpse lying on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside the corpse. The lion had not eaten the corpse, nor had it mauled the donkey. The Navi lifted up the corpse of the man of Hashem, laid it on the donkey, and brought it back. It was brought to the town of the old Navi for lamentation and burial. He laid the corpse in his own burial place, and they lamented over it, Alas, my brother! After burying him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of Hashem lies buried, lay my bones beside his. For what he announced by the word of Hashem against the altar in Bethel, and against all the cult places in the towns of Shomron, Samaria, shall surely come true. Even after this incident, Jeroboam did not turn back from his evil ways, but kept on appointing Kohanim for the shrines from the ranks of the people. He ordained as Kohanim of the shrines any who so desired. Thereby the house of Jeroboam incurred guilt to their utter annihilation from the face of the earth. Acts 9, 26-43 And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he assayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him, and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, and brought him to the apostles, and declared to them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Yeshua. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spoke boldly in the name of Yeshua, and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him, which, when the brothers knew, they brought him down to Caesarea, and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, were multiplied." And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelled at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Yeshua makes you whole. Arise and make your bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelled at Lydda, and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, 
whom, when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Leda was near to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent to him two men desiring him, that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the window widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Psalm 132-118 Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty God of Jacob, surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes, or slumber to my eyelids, until I find out a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we heard of it at Apathra, we found it in the fields of the wood. We will go into his tabernacles, we will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into your rest, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your saints shout for joy. For your servant David's sake, turn not away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Of the fruit of your body will I set upon your throne. If your children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon your throne forevermore. For the Lord has chosen Zion, he has desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever, here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision, I will satisfy her poor with bread, I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud, I have ordained a lamp for my anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Proverbs 17, 6 Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. I want to speak to you today from 1 Kings chapter 13, and Uh, unpack uh, something for you. And I want to zoom in on verse 18. But before we get there to give some context, we have a prophet who gave a word, who pronounced a word of the Lord about this altar, that King Jeroboam is now making sacrifices on this altar and um, making sacrifices to all these false gods. So he's given a pronouncement and said that this altar would be split into an ashes of the priests would be offered on the altar, and this altar will be broken apart, and the ashes on it shall be spilled. 
And so God has given specific instructions to this prophet to have no bread and no water to leave back by a different road and to return to Judah. Drink no water, drink, eat no no bread, leave immediately after delivering this word. But then another prophet comes along and he's going to lie to him, out and out lie. And in chapter 13, verse 18, this other prophet says to him, I am a Navi, a prophet also, said the other. And an angel said to me by command of Hashem, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water here. He was lying to him. So a huge deception is happening and a big clue how to know if you're being deceived, if you're being lied to, is does it violate or contradict what the Word of God says? Does it violate or contradict the Scriptures? Or does it violate or contradict what the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart? That's a big sign that you're being lied to. And, beloved, I want to unpack this even further. So this this prophet, he got snookered. He got deceived. He went back to the man's house. He ate bread and had water. And then he was killed by a lion on the way home. Huge consequence. It, it cost him his life. We are living in the last days. And one of the big signs that we are living in the last days is that Yeshua said in Matthew 24, see that no one deceives you. That's one of the first things when the disciples asked him, how can we know that we're living in the last days? What are the signs of your soon return? And so in Matthew 24, starting in verse 3, the disciples say, He sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And the very first thing he said at the top of the list, Yeshua answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Why would he say that? Except that there would be a massive spirit of deception out there in the end times. We are swimming in rivers and oceans of lies. This is particularly prevalent in the mainstream media, the propaganda machine, that they spin their narratives. There's no no truth in the mainstream media. It's, It's all lies. The other thing is we have now chat, GPT, and artificial intelligence. And have you ever been to a website where you needed help with some kind of a technical issue and you wanted to contact somebody from support? You used to be able to send in an email and and it would make a ticket and they would get back to you usually within 24 hours by email. Well, now they have these chat bots that it pops up and how can I help you? And and then you type in a question and then they, they spit back, you know, all these links to their help page. And you just want to talk to somebody, a real person, not a bot, not a chat bot. So these chat bots now are so sophisticated, they can write essays, they can create news stories, they can put up content on websites, 
they can create um, CGI images and make it look like something happened in in a video that really did not happen at all, and it looks very, very real. It used to be 20 years ago, you could tell that it was a CGI image. You know, there was a blue screen in the background, but now it's it's so sophisticated, you can't even tell the difference. So, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, and no marvel. Well, let's start in verse 13. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So Satan masquerades and he portrays himself as an angel of light. So Yeshua warns us, see that none of you are deceived. Okay. And then also in Mark chapter 13, Yeshua is speaking again about the end of days. And he says, for false Christ, Mark 13, verse 22, false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. So he's warning us that even the elect will be deceived in these end of days. So now I want to go back to the Garden of Eden, to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I used to always kind of wonder, well, what was so wrong with this tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What's wrong with knowing good and evil? Isn't that wisdom to know the difference between good and evil, to know of what is good and what is evil? But the problem is this. Adam and Eve, before they partook of that fruit, they were innocent and they were pure. They didn't know evil because they just didn't know it. All they knew was good and purity and holiness. And so the problem with this tree is that it's mixture. It's mixture. There's good on it and evil. And that's the problem. There's mixture. And so what came forth out of that tree, the serpent, very crafty and cunning, he lies. He deceives the woman. And he says, now the serpent, Genesis 3, verse 1, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So he's planting doubt in her mind. Now let's fast forward to the 21st century. We have the internet, and it really became big in the 1980s, more available to the public. And it's like a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, it's it's been good in that it it's a f- flat platform that anyone can access for information. And information is power. Knowledge is power. So there's been good fruit. You can find lots of great Bible teachings 
and worship and all kinds of good stuff on the internet. But I would say back in the 1980s and 90s, when it first started, it was mostly good fruit and a little bit of evil fruit. There's pornography on there. There's sex slave trade and child trafficking and, and um, blackmail and hackers and scammers on the Internet. And there's the dark web. So back, you know, when it first started, it was probably mostly good fruit and a little bit of evil fruit. But where we are today... Beloved, the internet is a very dangerous place now because there are so much there's so much opportunity for deception and lies. There's so much opportunity for deception and lies, especially now in the age of AI and chat GPT. You don't even know that if who or what you're chatting with is a real person or a chat robot an AI robot, and they're so sophisticated and they're getting smarter and smarter, you, it, you, you can be tr- tricked. And again, um, all the mainstream media lies through Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and, and through the mainstream ABC, NBC um, channels, there's so much propaganda and lies and narrative spin that today, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil portrayed as the internet, it doesn't just have one snake in it. It's got thousands of snakes, thousands of snakes. And when you reach out to grab a piece of fruit off of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, very likely that's an evil fruit. And so we need wisdom and discernment like never before, because the, the scary thing about deception is you don't know you're deceived at the time that you're deceived, you don't even know it. And I watched a very good uh, documentary the other day uh, about the pandemic. And it was talking about how much of the roots of it, the origins of it came from the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And they were talking about something called mass formation. And how do you get a whole culture, a whole society into a mass formation state of mind? And it talked about how they did it during uh, World War II with Nazi Germany and how they did it again two years ago with this pandemic. And that first you isolate the people. You isolate them and cut them off from their families and from their churches and from their jobs. And you lock them up and quarantine them. Isolate them. And then you put fear in their hearts. You put a whole bunch of fear in their hearts. And then you provide the solution. Well, back in Nazi Germany, the solution is, oh, the Jews, they're the problem. Let's get rid of the Jews. And then everybody can rally around that cause. And, and then in 2020, the, the oh, it's this virus, this coronavirus. Now we have a vaccine. Let's all do our job. Let's all do our part and go get jabbed. And then, of course, those people who did not get the jab were demonized. They lost their jobs, lost their careers, ridiculed. And so this is how mass formation goes, how it's created in the minds of the masses. And it all happens through the media. Four, three, two, one. In fact, beloved, I would liken and compare today's internet to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil from the garden. And that that tree of the knowledge of good and evil has morphed into the Tower of Babel. And that that Tower of Babel internet... Uh, has reached to the heavens 
and is now a 5G tower. And in fact, that original tree of the knowledge of good and evil had one snake or serpent in it. Today there are thousands, and tens of thousands, and hundreds of thousands of snakes, full of deception, with a poisonous bite. The internet can be a very dangerous place to be. Be very careful, watchful, and discerning when you're using the internet. I do not watch television at all anymore. And I'm very selective of what podcasts I listen to or what videos I watch on the internet. I'm very selective. And beloved, I believe there's a day coming in the not too distant future when we shouldn't be on the internet at all. There's going to come a day when you're going to have to have some kind of a digital ID to be able to sign on and that that digital ID is part of the Mark of the Beast system. And once that is deployed, it's game over. So I say all of this to say to be careful not to be deceived. And one of the greatest ways, safeguards that we can have to protect ourselves from being deceived is to stay in the word of God. It is our plumb line for truth. When we are in the word on a consistent and regular basis, it is our protection against being deceived. Because the enemy knows our weaknesses. He knows our frailties. He knows where to touch upon us to get us hooked into a lie. He plays upon our emotions, upon our vulnerabilities, our weaknesses. So, beloved, stay in the Word of God. That's all I have for today. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.